Father, we just love you. We're so grateful for you and your presence here with us today. God, we're here to meet with you, to hear from you. And right now, we open our hearts wide to you, and we ask you to have your way. Father, we choose right now to lay aside distractions and to set our focus on you, to hear from you. Father, speak to us, each one, what we need to hear from you today. Give us ears to hear, Father. Father, our hearts are open to you. Have your way in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we kicked off this season with our Chick Night event in August, which really wrapped around the thought that life is not about what's in it for us, but what's in us for others, right? And this series that we're doing here at Chick Connection really it was propelled off of that thought. Because the series we're doing now is entitled, You Are a Gift to the World. God has packed us full of himself to be a gift to others. He wants us to go about life not with the attitude of what's in it for me, but rather what's in me for others. How can I be a gift to others each and every day. And so we've been using the illustration of a gift and likening ourselves to a gift. And we talked about the fact that when we want to give someone a gift, we have that person in mind and we go out and we try to find the most special gift for them that we can, something that they're going to love. And, and we want to, to give them a really Nice gift. Sometimes we think, oh, I wish I had a little more money just to get them something super special. And we've likened that to the fact that God has purchased us with the highest price imaginable. He purchased us with his own son. We are the most expensive gift. He had others in mind, those within our spheres of influence, those that we come across. He had them in mind. When he purchased us, because he knew he would put us on this earth with them at this time in history so that he can flood himself through us to make a difference in their lives. He wants to use us. We are a gift to others. And sometimes people might think, well, that's awfully arrogant, isn't it, to say that I'm a gift to the world? You know what? It's not arrogant at all. It's actually really humbling to recognize that the God of this universe wants to use us. He wants to pour himself, his fullness, through us to make a difference in others' lives. And when we can get our minds and hearts and lives around that, then he can really use us to make a genuine and eternal difference in people's lives. So he's purchased us the most expensive gift. You are the most expensive gift, and he's giving you to others. And just like that gift that we purchase for a friend, when we bring it home from the store, we put it in the gift box, and we get it all packed in there nicely so we can get it all wrapped up. And you know what? God similarly has packed us. 
He's packed us with his fullness, with his nature, his goodness, his kindness, his mercy, his love, his wisdom. All that he is, is packed within us as children of his. When we come into relationship with him, his spirit comes and dwells in us. And therefore, all that he is comes and settles within us and dwells within us. He wants to use every one of us. But you know... He's packed all of himself in us. But sometimes throughout the journey of life, we pick up other things along the way that he didn't put in there. And we put them in. And we said, just like if you've gone to the grocery store with your little ones and you get to the checkout and you think, I didn't put that in there. (laughs) And sometimes I think God's looking in the gift box of our life saying, Honey, I didn't put that in there. How did that get in there? Because we tend to pick things up along the way and put them within our lives. And so we've got to recognize what those things are. And so we said we're going to take a few weeks and talk about our contents, examining our contents, doing a little quality control on the contents of the gift box of our life. And so a couple weeks ago, we started looking at the contents. And, you know, there's so many things. We could spend forever talking about the things that we pick up in life and hang on to. But we're just going to look at a few things that women are especially susceptible to. A few things that women especially kind of pick up along the way and hold on to. And so the first thing we dealt with a couple weeks ago was insecurity. We talked quite a bit about that, that God didn't put that in there. He put security in him within us. He wants us to be secure in him. And then Pastor Evie followed up on that again last week. And this week we're going to move forward and talk about another thing that we tend to pick up along the way. And that is hurt. Women tend to ride on our emotions sometimes. Anybody in this room an honest woman? And and you know, we, we can, um, we communicate through our emotions a lot of times, through what we feel. Men more often communicate through what they think. And so sometimes we can get our feelings hurt. And we can pick up hurt and hold on to it and just kind of deposit that hurt in the gift box of our life. But you know what? It's really nothing new. It's not something that's just happening to us in this day and age. It's been happening forever. I want to share some verses with you from Philippians chapter 4. And I want to read these to you from the Message Bible. So if you want, you can just follow along on the screen. Philippians 4 verse 2, it says, I urge Euodia and Sintich to iron out their differences and make up. God doesn't want his children holding grudges. And then verse 3, it says, And oh yes, Sigis, since you're right there to help them work things out, do your best with them. These women worked for the message hand in hand with Clement and me. And with the other veterans, they worked as hard as any of us. Remember, their names are also in the book of life. So this is saying, here are these two Christian women 
two women serving alongside the Apostle Paul and others in the work of the ministry, two women going about fulfilling the cause of Christ, yet they had opportunity for offense. They had opportunity for grudges to get in there. They had opportunity for hurt between the two of them. So if they had opportunity for hurt in that day, how many of you think we are going to have opportunity in this day? Yes? All right. (laughs) The Bible says offenses will come. They absolutely will come. But the question is, what are we going to do with them? Are we going to pick up hurt? Are we going to pick up that offense and carry it? Hurt is a dangerous doorway. Hurt goes hand in hand with offense. Many will say, well, I didn't take offense. I I, I just got my feelings a little hurt. Ladies. It's the same difference. We need to stop playing with words and recognize that we tend to pick up some things sometimes that we really do not need to be picking up. Listen to the definition of offended. This is what it literally means to be offended. It means to be irritated, annoyed, angered, displeased, hurt, or affected due to disagreement. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have a verbal disagreement with someone. It could. But it could also mean that you had a disagreement in the way someone did something, disagreed with the way you thought it should be done. Or someone's viewpoint disagreed with your viewpoint. Or someone said something that disagreed With your opinion, most often when we get hurt or offended, most often the bottom line is we didn't get our way. It didn't happen the way we thought it should happen. Life didn't go the way we thought it was going to go. That person didn't respond to us the way we thought They should respond to us. It can be from the smallest of irritants to things like someone speaking or acting toward us in a way that we feel is inappropriate to as big as a marriage not going the way we envisioned it going. You know, we might start out being annoyed, being irritated, And then it happens again. And then we become more annoyed. Or maybe it doesn't happen again, literally, but it happens again over and over right here in our thinking. We've got to recognize that there is a progression that we set into motion the moment we pick up hurt or pick up an offense. So if we don't recognize what this progression is, then we're never going to be able to stop it in our lives, and it's going to wreak havoc with us and get us off track. So we've got to be women that recognize what happens when we pick up that hurt or offense. So if you're taking notes, I encourage you to jot these things down, this progression that happens. Once we pick up that hurt or offense, what happens? Number one, first of all, 
We think on it. Something happens, and then we leave and we think about that. Over and over and over and over can tend to become bigger in our minds. So that happens right here in the mind is where it starts. And then what do we do next? Well, I've got to talk about this. I've got to, I've, I've just got to see if I'm on track. So I'm going to just talk about this. And so we get a girlfriend or someone on the phone and we talk about what happened. So it goes from our mind to coming out of our mouth. And then the next thing that happens, it grows and we end up becoming angry and resentful towards that person. We can harbor unforgiveness towards them. So it starts in our mind, goes out our mouth, and then it settles in our heart. And then what happens? We tend to pull back and withdraw from that person. We withdraw from those who are close to that person. We may even withdraw from going to places where we may see that person. It affects our physical position, our external position in life. And then, next, we put up walls on the inside. We say, well, we're just going to protect our hearts. We just don't want to get hurt anymore. But those walls that we put up end up repelling other people. Walls push people away. So we've not just affected our external position, but now we're affecting our internal position. And then we begin to complain that nobody's there for us. Nobody reaches out to me. Nobody loves me. And we feel alone and isolated. You know, in Proverbs 18:1 it says, He who isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all sound judgment. When we isolate ourselves, often, or when we find ourselves isolated, I should say, often it is a result of what we've done with hurt, with offense. Because as we pick it up and it grows on the inside of us, we withdraw and we, withtre- we retreat more and more until we find ourselves in that isolated place. But that verse said that it's because we seek our own desires, because we gave in to what our flesh wanted to do at that moment with the hurt. We wanted to pick up that hurt because we felt justified in it, because it felt good to our flesh. So we find ourselves isolated and then we become dissatisfied and unhappy with life because we're unfulfilled, because we've positioned ourselves in a place where God can't flood through us and use us in the way that he wants to. The only way that we're going to be the gift to others that God created us to be is if we position ourselves in a way where he can flood through us completely, fully, nothing hindering that, nothing standing in his way. So think about it like this. I know we're using this illustration of the gift, but let me just give you a different illustration for a moment just to help get your heads around this. Think of yourself as a sieve. And God, his fullness, all that he is, is inside you in this sieve. 
He is there to fill you, but not just to fill you, to flood through you unto every person, everywhere you go. His nature, his goodness, his kindness, his love flooding through you unto everyone that you come in contact with. But when we pick up offenses, when we pick up hurt and we hold on to those things, it's like putting putty on the inside of that sieve. And it prohibits his nature, his fullness, from being able to flood through. I don't want anything to prohibit God from doing what he wants to do in my life. And I know you don't either. So that's why we've got to be women who recognize the effects of holding on to hurt. Just like that mom at the grocery store that sees the candy in the cart and says, No, honey, that's not good for you. God looks in the gift box of our life and sees hurt and offense and says, Sweetheart, those aren't good for you. We need to let go of those things. We need to recognize that they're there so that we can. So what does that progression look like in daily life? You know, we saw that example of the two women in Philippians. And the enemy loves to get in between women doing the work for the kingdom. And brings strife and hurt and offense and division. So he can, can interfere with the plans of God. So we've got to be aware of that and recognize that. Because it happens so often in church life. Maybe you serve in a particular area of church life. And maybe, since we're all human, someone has said something to you along the way that kind of hurt your feelings that said something to you along the way that just just rubbed you the wrong way. Maybe in their humanity and flesh they said something that critiqued the way you did something or whatever the case may be. But maybe you got your feelings hurt and went home and started to think about that. And think about that. They really shouldn't have said that to me. Well, I can't believe they said that to me. You know, the more we think about it, the bigger it becomes. And then we think, well, I, I need to talk to Susie about this. And, and so we call a girlfriend, always a girlfriend that we know is going to support us, and jump on our bandwagon with us. So Susie gets on the phone. I can't believe they said that to you. Well, yes, you're right. Oh, you poor thing. They should not treat you that way. They jump on our soapbox with us. And then it becomes bigger on the inside. And we become start getting more angry with that person that said whatever was said. Or did something that we think they did. Sometimes it happens up here. We think people are thinking things about us that they're not even thinking. And so we get this anger towards that person and we withdraw. But sometimes we pull out the spiritual card. God's telling me to step down from this ministry at this time. How can anyone argue with that? So we withdraw and we pull back. And then we think, gosh, they didn't even call me. Don't they miss me? I guess they didn't really want me there to begin with. And then we withdraw a little bit more. And then we decide, well, I'm not going to get involved serving anywhere else. I just just need a break. 
And then we put up the walls on the inside because we want to protect ourselves, right? I'm not going to get hurt again. And when we put up those walls, we start doing things like coming in, just slipping in after worship started, slipping out at the end of the service. And we're afraid to talk to anyone because they might hurt us. And what we don't realize is those walls that we're put up, we put up, they're saying to people, they're shouting. Those walls talk. They're shouting loudly, I don't want anything to do with you. Don't talk to me. I got to get out of here. Have you seen someone with all their walls up? You know, those walls talk. You hear it when it's on someone else. We don't usually hear it when we put those walls up within ourselves. But those walls end up repelling people. And then we slip back even further and further. And before you know it, we stop going to church altogether. I can't believe no one's calling me. They don't love me. Christians, they're all the same. They didn't want me there to begin with. And we find ourselves in a place of complete unhappiness, unfulfillment, because we've isolated ourselves and positioned ourselves in a place where God cannot flood through us the way that he wants to flood through us. We've got to recognize how easy it happens. And then when we're in that place of isolation and unhappiness and unfulfillment, who put us there? We did. And ladies, we've got to start taking responsibility for our lives and choosing to let God do what he wants to do through us. We cannot afford to pick up hurt and offense and all those things along the way. We can't afford to harbor them and think on them and let them turn into bitterness and hold on to unforgiveness. They will sabotage our lives. But we've got to recognize it. We've got to recognize when we do that and what might be sitting in the gift box of our life that needs to be dealt with. I talk to women who say, I've been so hurt by other women, I'll never go to a women's meeting. I just, I can't stand being around other women. They judge me, they criticize me, this and that. You know what? I have a friend who she will flat out say for years she hated women. She was hurt by women. She said they were mean to me, and she had all of her stories. And she had her walls up so high and tight. And she threw herself into her career, and she only even talked to the men on the job. She wouldn't even associate with women at work. And at church, women kept inviting her to women's meetings. No way. I am not going. I know what those things are all about. They're going to size me up and down. Uh, 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 uh. She had her mind made up because she had hurt that she was holding on to. Well, one day, somehow, a friend talked her into going, and she made her way there. And then she kind of thought, well, it's not so bad. And she came again and again, and those walls began to crumble, and her heart began to soften. And God did such a beautiful work in her life. And she realized that years ago, God had brought her out of some 
very traumatic circumstances. She had an incredible testimony in her life that other women needed to hear. By what God had done in her life, she could bring hope to other women. She could help bring healing into other women's lives. And the enemy wanted to cut that off, to sever that, so she couldn't be used. So God couldn't flood through her. We've got to recognize the enemy's tactics for what they are and realize he's trying to stop us from being connected. He's trying to stop us from being positioned where God can use us. So we've got to recognize how these things unfold in our life and refuse to go there it even happens within a marriage in a home you know a wife can get her feelings hurt and go through this whole progression in the home and start thinking on those things not communicating but thinking on those things and then talking to her girlfriend about those things well i can't believe he treats you like that and then within our own hearts we start withdrawing from that spouse and then division and comes in the house we've held on to hurt and offense and then we begin to be isolated within our own home and our own marriage and the enemy has been able to come in and work because we've opened the door Ladies, we've got to get good at recognizing how we can set this progression into motion so easily. And it's exactly what the enemy wants. We're created to be a gift, not just to others, but to our families, to our spouses. We've got to be willing to refuse to pick up hurt and offense and let God use us. In my own life, I've had opportunity for great hurt. When I was in my 20s, I had a husband that said, I don't want to be married anymore. I want to date. I want to go out with other women. I want to be single, live a single life, do what I want, when I want. That was opportunity for deep hurt. And let me tell you, I wanted to set this this pro- progression into motion. My flesh was hurting. My flesh wanted to scream out and retaliate and, and all of that because these are fleshly human bodies. That's what our flesh wants to do. But I had to get to a point. I said, God, I do not want anything to stand in the way of my relationship with you, and I do not want anything to stand in the way of the future that you have for me. So, God, this is hard. This hurts. But help me. Show me how to not hold on to the hurt and the pain that I'm feeling. And you know what? He wants us to be free from the pain, the hurt, the offense, the bondage of that, even more than we do. And he's given us the Holy Spirit as our helper. And if we rely on him and call out to him and ask him for help, he will help us every step of the way. He's so faithful. But we've got to recognize and make a choice. Do I want to set that progression into motion that will sabotage my future? Or do I want to set into motion a different progression 
God's progression. And so he began to teach me what his progression was. And so this is a different progression that we can set into motion. So if you were taking notes on the, on the other way, the progression that our flesh sets into motion, then jot these things down, the progression that God wants us to set into motion. We have to be the ones to do it. And number one, first of all, we have to first recognize how our flesh wants to respond. Because if we don't recognize it for what it is, then we'll just go along with it. So we have to recognize how it is that our flesh wants to respond. We have to recognize what those things are that we are tempted to pick up and to pack into the gift box of our lives. Unhappiness, as we read in that definition, irritation, annoyance. Sometimes we just pack that down into the gift box of our life. Hurt, we just want to hold on to it because we feel justified in that. So we're just going to pack that down in the corner. It's okay, right? No. Offense. Slander, anger, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness. We pick up these things because they feel good to our flesh, and we want to pack them down in our lives. But we've got to recognize them for what they are. We've got to be able to look into our life and see those things for what they are. The ways of man lead to death. If we hold on to those, if we pack them in the gift box of our life, we will sabotage our futures. So first, we've got to recognize how our flesh wants to respond. And then secondly, we've got to choose to die to the flesh. It's our choice. We have to make the decision. And I want you to turn in your Bibles these verses. If you don't have these marked in your Bibles already, these are verses for you to mark and live by. Colossians 3. And starting in verse 5. And I like to read them from the message, I'm sorry, from the Amplified Bible. It says, So kill, deaden, deprive of power the evil desires lurking in your members, those animal impulses, and all that is earthly in you that is employed in sin. How many think that these things that we want to pack in us for our flesh are earthly? Yes, they are. And then it continues and names off several things, sexual vice, impurity. How many of you think unforgiveness, resentment, anger, slander is impure? Absolutely. Sensual appetites, unholy desires. These are unholy desires. And all greed and covetousness. Do you know that when we want to hold on to the ways our flesh wants to respond, that's greed. We can get greedy. We think of greed in terms of money, but we can get greedy with the, what our flesh wants to do. We think, no, I'm, I'm not going to let go of this. I'm justified in feeling like this. And we get greedy and want to hold on to those fleshly desires. And then it says, for that is idolatry. 
the deifying of self and other created things instead of God. When we dig our heels in and decide we're going to hold on to these things, we're going to keep these things packed into the box of our lives, that is idolatry because it means that we're choosing our flesh over God. I like how it says that in the Amplified. We're deifying ourselves over God. We've got to recognize how imperative it is that we kill and deprive of power all of these things and refuse to let them settle into the gift box of our life. And then in verse 8 it says, But now put away and rid yourselves completely of all these things, anger, rage, bad feelings towards others, curses and slander and foul-mouthed abuse and shameful utterances from your lips. I love the words that it uses in these two verses. Kill, deaden, deprive of power, put away, rid yourselves completely. Ladies, we've got to recognize how imperative it is to die to our flesh, to kill these things, to refuse to carry them with us. Hurt will shape our lives. And hurt will carve out the road to our future. And it's not the future that God has for us. So we've got to, like we said, number one, recognize these things that we're trying to put in our box. And then secondly, choose to die to them. Choose to rip them up. Choose to refuse resentment to settle in our life. Choose to allow slander to come out of our mouths. Choose to allow our hearts to hang on to angerness and hang on to hurt. Choose to refuse bitterness from taking root in our lives. Choose to refuse unforgiveness. We've got to kill those things. So first we have to recognize them and then Take authority over them. Kill them. Deprive them of power in our lives. And you know what? It doesn't just happen in one little easy thing. Oh, I I decided to get rid of that, so it's gone. Because you know what happens? That hurt tries to pop up its head again. And what do we do? I refuse to go there. And then it tries to pop up its head again. I refuse to go there. And it might try to pop up its head again. And we refuse to go there. We've got to keep killing those things. Keep dying to our flesh. Keep going forward and refusing those things to take root in our lives. And then number three, we've got to recognize what God's put in us. Recognize the fullness of the nature of God that was, is within us and choose to respond as that gift that he created us to be. Continuing down in Colossians chapter 3, look at verse 12. It says, Clothe yourself, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, his own picked representatives. That's us who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself by putting on behavior marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy, kind feeling, a lowly opinion of ourselves. That doesn't mean putting ourselves down, but genuine, sincere humility. 
gentle ways and patience, which is tireless and long-suffering and has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. That's a good line for us to put on a post-it and just meditate on over and over. Having the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. Verse 13, be gentle and forbearing with one another. And if one has a difference, a grievance or complaint against another, readily pardoning each other, even as the Lord has freely forgiven you, so must you also forgive. And above all these, put on love and unfold yourselves with the bond of perfectness, referring to love, which binds everything together completely in ideal harmony. And verse 15, I love this verse, it says, And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule. Act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state, so which as members of Christ's one body you were also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. I love these verses. So often we find ourselves in the midst of a challenge or dealing with a difficult person or situation thinking, God, how do I respond? What do you want me to do? The answers are right here in these verses. He so clearly tells us how to respond to others. What we should do in dealing with difficult people, we need to put on love. We need to choose to forgive. We need to allow his mercy to flood through us in dealing with others. All that he is, his fullness dwells in us. He's packed it inside of us. He has packed Within us, his mercy, it's already there, but he wants us to let it flood through. He's packed within us, his kindness, it's already there. He's packed humility within us because it's his nature. He's packed gentleness, patience within us. He's packed forgiveness within us because it's his nature to forgive. It's there, we've just got to choose it. He's packed love, not human love, supernatural love within us. He's packed unity within us. His nature is unity. Think about it. The Trinity united as one. Unity, that's his nature, and he's put that within us. We need to allow that to flood through us. He's packed his peace within us. He is the Prince of Peace. All that he is dwells within us, but the choice is ours. Are we going to draw on these things? Are we going to live allowing those things to flood through us? We've got to make that choice if we want to be the amazing gift that he created us to be to others. We regularly, continually have opportunities to either pick up hurt or opportunities to grow and mature and let God use us. I like to think of it as a great exchange. Daily, 
continually, we have the opportunity to make the great exchange, exchanging our hurt for his peace, exchanging the ways of our flesh for his nature. We have to stop and recognize every time our flesh wants to rise up, hmm, nope, I'm going to make the great exchange. I'm going to kill that, deaden it of its power, and choose love. We are the ones that make the exchange. He's already packed those things in us, but he's relying on us to make that exchange. You know, when I cried out to God, to God, I don't want anything to stand in the way of my relationship with you, of my future with you. I had to over and over and over again make that exchange. It's not just a one time and it's gone. There's a process to it. And as we walk with God and trust him and let him help us, he helps us in that process. And it becomes easier and easier. And before we know it, that hurt pops up less and less frequently until ultimately it's gone and we're free and we've been able to forgive and completely go forward. But We need to rely on him for his help. And we need to make the daily choice. And sometimes it's an hourly choice. Sometimes it's a moment-by-moment choice to choose that great exchange. But as we make the choice, God is so faithful. And before we know it, we're free from all of the stuff that our flesh wanted us to carry. And we're allowing God to flood through us. And you might be sitting there thinking, but that person that hurt me isn't here, isn't in my life. How can I be a gift to that person? It's not even necessarily about being a gift to that person. But if we don't deal with those things, God can't use us to be a gift to others. Because we clog up the sieve. So it's so important that we get those things recognized and dealt with, die to our flesh so we can live the life that he created us to live. God wants us to be free from the bondage of hurt even more than we do. But we are the only ones that can make the choice. And ladies, I just want to encourage you this morning to recognize when an opportunity comes Recognize what your flesh wants to do and choose to make the great exchange. But also, I want to encourage you to recognize where maybe in the past there have been some things that you've picked up along the way and just kind of packed down into the gift box of your life. And they've been sitting there and maybe they've been clogging up the sieve a little bit. You know what? God wants you to be free of those things because he has so much he wants to do through your life. And I want to encourage you to recognize anything that's there that's clogging his way and make a choice 
to be free of that today. Let's pray together. 